Welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us again today. I can't tell you how truly, truly excited I am um, for this interview today. Um, I'm, I'm, I know I'm going to be blessed by it. Uh, so today, I am getting to talk to the incredible, amazing Jackie Carter. Um, if you have not heard of her, you should. Um, her and her husband have invented the Not Reaching Pouch, um, which I actually did a story on for um, NBC, which I'll link in the show notes. Um, but Jackie, would you like to introduce yourself? Thank you. First of all, I want to thank you for interviewing me again. Um, <laughs> I think it's it's just an it's just an honor. Uh, I'm Jackie Carter. As she said, I have uh, invented or the founder of the Not Reaching Pouch. Not Reaching is a vehicle identification pouch that cl- uh, clips to your driver's side air vent, holds your driver's license, registration, and insurance. So when you're stopped by an officer during a traffic stop, you no longer have to reach. So can we back up a little bit and just kind of talk about, you know, how did you, I mean, I know, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) you know, you really know. Um, How did you get started with this idea? The idea came about when Philando was um, murdered. Philando Um, Castile. Philando Castile on July 6th of 2016. And it was so horrific and so unnecessary that it just changed my life. I just couldn't shake it. I, whatever I did, it was always in my mind. And I said to my husband, I said, you know what? I, we, I'm just gonna keep praying until uh, I get an answer. You know, there's a solution. I said, there were so many people talking about the problem. No one was saying, well, what's the solution? So months went by, I got up one morning, I told my husband I got it. and. That's how Not Reaching came about. Mm-hmm. And did you, are you collaborating, continue to collaborate with Philando Castile's mother, Valerie? Uh, on a weekly basis. <laughs> so, uh, we've become very, very good friends. Um, it's a wonderful friendship that I never expected. Um, for someone who lives in Minnesota to someone that was in Pennsylvania, now in, in Virginia, never thought our worlds would collide. Mm-hmm. And it's just, the way it has happened that we now are really good friends we collaborate she's working on um, getting not reaching really out there for us she's Mm -hmm. working with the right now she actually is working with the state of Minnesota's public safety department to have not reaching as something that they're going to um, purchase oh wow yeah it's, it's a major major endeavor not only that they're going to include a section in their driver's manual about um stopping someone who has a gun and the proper procedures this this thing is just has gone in so many great directions yeah and um are they consulting you on that on how you're gonna how they're gonna write it into the manual or no they're not they haven't consulted me i don't know if they will consult me Mm -hmm. but they will be um working with me to get the not reaching pouches which i'm assuming we're going to end up um, customizing for the state of minnesota that's so that's just so incredible is, yeah is that going to be your first customization or have you already made custom pouches and such well we do have custom pouches for people who purchase them you know the firearm pouch mm-hmm. the autistic pouch the deaf pouch and the medical marijuana pouch which i thought was pretty funny until i see how many i um sell. <laughs> <laughs> and we're also working on a pouch for um diabetics Oh, oh, wow. Okay. And that came from an officer Mm. who contacted us and said, hey, there's certain challenges that diabetics have that sometimes makes it look like they're inebriated. Mm. So if Mm. you can do a diabetic pouch, that would be a help. That's an officer reaching out to not reaching. That's incredible. I I love that. And that's something I never, Mm -hmm. I never would have thought of. Me either. I never would have thought of it. And you know, for an officer to show, tell us what their challenges are during traffic stops, mm-hmm. that, that's, that's saying a lot. Yeah. So in creating um, Not Reaching, how did you first reach out to Valerie Castile? Um, the first year, I went on her Facebook page and was sending her things, and she would like it, uh, but we didn't have a connection. So mm-hmm. I didn't want to, you know, tread too much because I knew she was a grieving mom and I didn't want to push it. Mm-hmm. So we have a gentleman named Mike Lee that has radar radio 
and it's an internet radio station and someone connected us to him and he like puts us on the show every chance he gets right <laughs> so this particular uh, last october not is it last october? yeah last october he called me and said i have valerie castile coming to my show i need you here and i was like well we'll be right there <laughs> you know and that's how we met and when we when i met her she said yeah i already know about not reaching you know she had been following me and that was our connection and we've been connected ever since that's that's awesome i mean has she had any input in design or or anything like that or no, outreach no input in design but you know the the philando pouch is the pouch mm-hmm. that i call um that has the i'm licensed to carry a firearm so mm-hmm. that one is near and dear to her heart because her her son was a licensed um gun carrier mm-hmm. so yeah. Have you have you connected with other mothers in a similar mm-hmm. position as Valerie through this process? Yes, I have connected with Geneva Reed, who is Sandra Bland's mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, she and I talk uh, quite regularly. A um, little bit different scenario, but it started with a traffic stop. Mm-hmm. She's done a video where she's driving with her not reaching pouch, <laughs> uh, and so we keep we stay connected. Yeah, we all, we both stay connected. I haven't really reached out to other mothers. I I do have a connection with the Trayvon Martin Foundation mm-hmm. um, because it's it's all have it all has to do with brutality. Whether with Trayvon Martin, it was someone who thought that they were like a police officer, mm-hmm. to where we are today with Philando. Do you do you? I, I guess kind of what feel what do you feel like gives you the authority to be in this space? As far as I know, mm-hmm. um, you know your your son wasn't killed in a traffic stop um you're not necessarily part of the law enforcement community so so what do you feel you have an authority in this space to kind of create this this i think i have an authority as being a mom Mm -hmm. um being a mom who's felt that fear just knowing that her son is out there driving i don't think you have to be a so-called expert to to create something that can help solve an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, in my mind for the last week, it keeps playing, ordinary people do extraordinary things. Mm. And that's been in my mind for about a week now because sometimes I say to myself, well, who am I to have mm. created such a product? And I am who God selected. And I'm chosen to do it. I don't know why, but I am. And you know, not only that, my husband has been stopped so many times. and. Even though he's driving, you know, legally, he still has a fear. Mm. That fear is something that equates to my son, to my husband, to my nephews. My sister was stopped a few weeks ago, and she has she owns a daycare. She had about three kids in her car. Um, her tag had expired, and she had her not reaching pal. She said she came to the car. She's like, Officer, I'm not reaching. I'm not reaching. Do you know what not reaching? You know, so <laughs> you know, it's it's, it's giving people that. That feeling, that a little bit of assurance that, you know what, if I have it, I may be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't, you know, I'm no, I'm just Jackie Carter from Coatesville, Pennsylvania, who now lives in Alexandria, Virginia, who saw something and said, I can create a solution. Mm-hmm. I think, I think that speaks so many volumes because it's not necessarily you. I think I, I'm trying to figure out how to mm-hmm. phrase this. So I heard this all the time when I, so. I went to um, CBC, Congressional mm-hmm. Black Caucus, uh, annual conference um, last year, mm-hmm. and Trayvon Martin's mom uh, was speaking there, mm-hmm. and she she spoke about the fact that, you know, I didn't want to be an activist. Nope. nope. Um, she's like, I would much rather have my son here yep. than than be an activist. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that is so telling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of the situation that a lot of mothers and other yep. parents have to be in yep. um, because of instances like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's so interesting, that kind of narrative. And mm-hmm. I think it's also great to see other people like you stepping mm-hmm. up from the community who are like, okay, I haven't been through this trauma and I don't want to and go through it. Exactly. And, and Valerie says all the time, you know, they picked me. I didn't pick this. Mm-hmm. When they when they killed my son, as she says, they put me in the spotlight. I wasn't trying to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's where I kind of think everything kind of lands, that these women didn't want to be 
in the spotlight. She does. She would rather have Philando working at the school and helping the kids with their mm-hmm. lunch programs and all this that, and the other than to be in the spotlight like she is. Mm-hmm. So if she has to be in the spotlight for something tragic, I want to help her by creating a solution. Mm-hmm. So I think that's just where it is. It's you know I had someone say to me last week, well, are you related to Philando? No, but do I have to be related to feel? Mm, you mm. know that pain and that heartbreak and you know and to understand that there is a problem in our society that needs a solution not at all yeah I, th- I think that that you know talks about like on the group on the ground activism yeah, and yeah. work because I think often the narrative especially in our culture is that we have to have like a direct connection mm-hmm to something to that therefore care about yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, we we as human beings should care about everything. You know, so I don't I shouldn't have to know you to feel a connection to you. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have to know I actually feel as if I knew Philando. I really do. I mean, my life in the last 3 years has been totally about this young man and what happened to him. So, you know, I, I was saying to Valerie just last night, I said, "I don't I just feel like he was my son too." And she said, "Well, he is." Mm. He is. At the end of the day, Philando's my son. My son Justin is her son. You know, we have to care. We have to care and do something so that these young men and women don't have to go through this. She shouldn't have to lose her son because of a broken taillight. And how has your son reacted to all of this? He's a low-key guy. Um, <laughs> let's see. Justin, He's he says to me he's very proud, mm-hmm. you know, um, He's doing his own thing. He's an amazing photographer. He actually has a billboard in Times Square. Yes. Carters are doing the thing. Well, I mean, Leech is out here. (laughs) (laughs) He uh, did uh, an ad for Nike and Foot Locker. Oh, wow. And it's in Times Square. Yeah. And this is a young man who was a medic in Afghanistan who has come home with PTSD and has found a niche where he is just amazing. So he, you know, Mama, uh, I'm proud of you. Keep up the good work. You know, that's kind <laughs> of how we talk. Yeah. <laughs> and for him to say that, that's a lot. Yeah, that's that's incredible. Yeah. Um, so let's back up even mm-hmm. further. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your background before not reaching? Uh, before not reaching, I was a church administrator for 15 years mm-hmm. in Coatesville, Pennsylvania, at a church called New Life in Christ Fellowship. So I did do a lot of work with the community. I was a grant writer, so I I created programs. I created an out-of-school suspension program called SAFE. Mm -hmm. And what happened back then, there was a zero tolerance in the school for any kind of um, suspensions. And it was really affecting our young black kids. Mm -hmm. So we created this program where these students came to the church every day from 9 to 3, my husband went back and forth and got the work from all the schools. Uh, we had mentors and tutors there, so they stayed current with their work. Um, we took them on field trips. We fed them breakfast and lunch. Um, my husband became like a surrogate father. I came, became like a surrogate mother. So for five years, we had over 500 students come through. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And from that, morphed into a cyber school. So Mm -hmm. we took the Pennsylvania Cyber Charter School and created a model that we had in our church. So instead of them being at home doing their um, cyber school, we had them come to the church. So we had Mm -hmm. a group of eight kids that came, um, had a a program director, got their work done. It was like school. Mm -hmm. It was like school. So we did that for a couple of years. And just a lot of things in the community that we did yeah so being involved with community is just like in your blood you've been doing it it is is. i my my overall goal is who can we help Mm. you know who need i'm not rich i'm not famous but whatever i can do to alleviate someone's pain we have to do it yeah and sitting in i think just what i see from you so much is sitting in a place of gratitude Absolutely. We have to be grateful. Um, my, hu- my husband and I talk all the time, like, when this takes off. It's not if, it's when. Um, when yes, this, it is. Yeah, Speak it. When <laughs> this takes off, that I want to still be here. 
Mm -hmm. I like just what I'm doing. I like this little bit of stuff. Mm -hmm. Try to be fancy. (laughs) But what we can do is help others. Where can we then, you know, focus our efforts? I have so many ideas. You know, I I want to um, replicate the SAFE program and bring it here. Mm. Um, because I think it's such an important program for young kids. Uh, just whatever we can do, what we can do to help these moms. Um, prison and prison reform is really where I want to be. So, and yeah. you feel like the Not Reaching Pouch can help you get to that space? Absolutely. It can open doors for us to really get out there and be in the community like we want to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after 15 years in, in Coatesville, mm-hmm. <laughs> you moved out mm-hmm. to Virginia after 52 years 52 okay 52 so 52 years of my life I lived in Coatesville okay. Pennsylvania and mm-hmm. then we moved we did just the opposite of what most people do right <laughs> we left a small town and went to a big city mm-hmm. um I don't recommend that <laughs> I don't I don't ever recommend anyone doing that if you want to move from a big small town move to another small town um but it, it opened up such a great... This is how I met Glenn Kirshner. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I became a grand jury court reporter in D.C. Mm-hmm. So I was in his courtroom quite a bit, and he was a homicide prosecutor. My God, that man was amazing. I would like to sit like this in the courtroom because he was so thoughtful, so kind. How he handled witnesses was, it was something I'd never seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was in there, and I got to see... Uh, like say I would turn on the TV and I would say, oh, you know what? I know I'll get that case. Like if it was a mm-hmm. felony in DC, I had it. I knew everything. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. And I got to see that, you know, I don't want to be tr- like Trumpish, but there is some sense, they do uh, sensationalize some of the stories. Mm-hmm. You don't really know what goes on in those closed doors. Mm-hmm. So I got a firsthand view, a bird's eye view of what was really happening in DC. And um, I did that for two years, and it was amazing, amazing time. Matter of fact, I still want to go back and do that part time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What made you? What, well, what made you move? I knew to this area. I, well, I also in 2015 I ran for magisterial district judge in Coatesville. Mm-hmm. So I wanted. I've always wanted to be in the criminal justice system, but mm-hmm. in a way where I knew I could help. Mm-hmm. So when I ran for judge. Um, I lost by 50 votes, and I said then, eh, I'm done, because apparently you guys don't want me, mm. and if you don't want me, I'm leaving, and you know, you, you know there's a calling, and there's a purpose, and it's not happening there, nothing mm-hmm. against my hometown, I love it, go back there quite often, but what I needed wasn't going to happen there, mm-hmm. so... I was putting in, I had went back to school, got my, I had two masters, a bachelor's and associate. They're hanging on the walls and they're <laughs> over there and they're nothing like, all they are right now are masters? toilet papers. Yeah, I do. They're like Mercy. toilet paper right now. <laughs> um, so I knew I wanted to find a job and I knew I was going to find it in that area. And this is a true story. I had put in over 200 applications online. No one wanted me. I understand that feeling. Uh, God, uh. <laughs> how awful. And what a bruise to your ego, right? Uh, I got my man. You told me to go back to school and do all this. I did all three with a 4.0 GPA. 4.0. There's no reason these people wouldn't hire me. Well, they're not hiring me. So we came here, and our son was living in D.C., and just the feeling here was, like, magical. Every time we came here, was I'd said to my husband, we have to live here. This is it. Mm-hmm. So... Put in a couple more applications, nothing's happening. I got started getting discouraged, and he said, you know what? I went home and said to him, you know what? I'm not putting in any more applications. Let's just go back to Coastville. Let's finally buy that house and just die. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said to him. Let's just go back and yeah. die. I just go back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, go back. Let's just die there. Mm-hmm. We're not going anywhere else. He said, put in one more application. This is what he said. Put one more in. Go on Craigslist and find court reporter. Put in for it. Got the job. Hmm. If it wasn't for him telling me to hang in there for that one more, that's when it happened. And was your husband retired at this time? My husband's on disability. He's disabled. So he, you know, he has the flexibility to, you know, move around a little bit more than I do. But he, you know, he's just like such a, always in my corner. 
Mm-hmm. Don't give up. You didn't go to school for nothing. And trust me, a court reporter is this level. It's not here. <laughs> but it was an in. It was an mm-hmm. in. And it gave me such insight. Now, even on traffic stops, I knew then. Mm-hmm. You know, D.C. says they don't have a problem. Oh, yeah, you have a problem. Mm. You have a problem. You know, so that's how we got here. We've been here three years since last week. Mm-hmm. And did you just kind of when you when Philando Castile happened in 2016, mm-hmm. did you kind of just like walk in the next day, say, guys, I'm gone. I have a project to do. No, it took about six months. I knew there was it was like really in your spirit. You had to mm-hmm. do something. And I had said to my uh, my boss, my pastor for the last five years, you know, I'm out of here. I'm out. <laughs> I'm not doing this anymore. And he kept saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, you're going to see. You're going to see. So it all started happening in between 2016 and 2017. And, you know, it was just like, I'm gone. You know, once I got that job, I knew it was time to go. Mm. You know, mm. we packed up our bags and we moved to Beverly Hills, that is. <laughs> you're too young for that. That's the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, we're Jethro okay. and Granny. That's who we are. That's that's incredible. I don't think I I don't know, man. Fifty two years in the same place, and yeah. then I'm gonna up and leave. That's crazy. And I then mean, start a new business. I just <laughs> talked to a friend, of, a couple friend of ours who just celebrated their thirty fifth wedding anniversary. Shout out to Glenda and Raymond Brown, and they did the same thing after fifty something years in this in the Coatesville, Philly area. They just moved down to a small town in South Carolina, mm-hmm. and started a nonprofit. I guess there's something about that 50. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can start my entire I can start life. I entire life. And it has been. It has been such. This was the best move for us. Mm-hmm. You know, I've met you. I've met Aww. Glenn. I've met such Mike Lee from Radar Radio, who has opened so many doors for us. I mean, his thinking about us when Valerie was at his station mm-hmm. connected us in a way that I can't even be, you know, I can't even thank him enough. It's amazing. And no, I mean, mm-hmm. listen. Yeah. Those steps, everything, steps. you know. You know, they're ordered steps. Mm-hmm. And I know they're ordered because one of the things I think, I believe God wants you to ask him what your purpose is. Mm-hmm. I do. And I think we go through life in the early stages never asking the question. Mm-hmm. And when I got to my like mid-40s, early 50s, I really wanted to know. Mm-hmm. And I continue to ask, and he's given me the answer. And he's ordered the steps. Do you feel like, or did you have any pushback in the fact of, like, I'm going to start this entirely new career, and not even an easy, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. nonprofit, mm-hmm. you're going to make an entire product, mm-hmm. like, yeah. what, you know, was there pushback? Was there, Jackie, you're too old to do this, Jackie, it's not the time? Not too old. Just think, just people thinking it just wouldn't work. Mm. You know, not your, it's not a good product. It's just, it's just not going to work. You know, you, you should probably don't ever quit your day job mm. type mm. thing, but not a lot of pushback. Mm-hmm. And, and why didn't they think it was going to work? Well, it's a plastic pouch with a magnet. <laughs> <laughs> let's, be, let's be real about this thing. Because sometimes I look at it and laugh my, at mm-hmm. myself. Like, this is a plastic pouch with a magnet, but, but has so much more meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, it's, it is a plastic pouch with a magnet. But the meaning and the movement behind it is way more important. And so, yeah, you look at it and say, huh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> and when you were kind of, like, putting it out there into the world, you got that first prototype out, mm-hmm. did you receive any pushback? At first, no, because... You know, when I first, I remember when I first got the website up and I pushed the button to Mm -hmm. say publish, you know, and I'm waiting back for sales and nothing's happening, you know. So you get a little, you know, okay, maybe this wasn't a good idea. Mm -hmm. But once I started really, um, you know, getting on social media, I saw people had an interest. Mm -hmm. And I started getting the stories about this is what happened during my traffic stop. Mm -hmm. This is what happened. Mm -hmm. I have so many traffic stop stories that are some are funny, some are horrific. So, how do, once we got on Fox 29 in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. I knew then we had something. Mm. Like, why would this big station in Philly want us there? 
Mm-hmm. So once once that happened, I still don't know how it happened. Um, <laughs> that opened the door, and mm-hmm. I knew then we have something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we mm-hmm. have something. We we we've hit a nerve in society because traffic stops aren't safe anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I said the other day that probable cause is almost like the new Jim Crow. Mm. Mm. Probable cause. We're going to make t-shirts that say probable cause. I am. We just actually got our own t-shirt maker, so we're going to start <laughs> making t-shirts. Like, we're, we're just doing all kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is. Think about it. Philando, Eric Garner, Michael Brown, all these things. Um, William McCoy in California. Mm. Um, probable cause. We just think we saw. We think we saw that. We think we heard that. We think we smelled this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's open up. It's it's open up so many doors for law enforcement to um, violate our rights. Mm. It has probable cause is probably the worst thing ever happened to us. And so, for, from just your personal experience or, or kind of thought process, being now submerged in this field, what do you think should be the kind of I guess the the reverse of that, or what should they do to change that? I think there should be less traffic stops. Mm. You're now making this into such a criminal endeavor that someone is driving down the street and has their tail light out. So I'm now going to search you and I'm going to ask you a billion questions. Come on, it's, a tra- it's this traffic. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't need as many traffic stops. It's mm-hmm. just not that important. It has things come of it and you've gotten some pretty bad people off the street yes but overall it's too much mm-hmm. you know it is not the only investigative tool out there mm-hmm. you're using i mean not you but you know <laughs> yes me personally yeah, just out here on the streets yeah. are using this <laughs> but you know police officers are abusing it mm. they're abusing it you know for instance okay i don't I'm saying, officer, I don't give you permission to search my vehicle. Well, guess what? Now you're going to get a dog to sniff my car. Mm-hmm. Come on. Really? It's a traffic stop. <laughs> you know, I might have been going five miles over the speed limit. You're now making this into a criminal endeavor. Mm-hmm. So I think in these, we have to rethink that. We need to retrain our officers, um, especially now with a lot of mental illness mm-hmm. that is out there mm-hmm. that you know Trump loves to talk about. But it is, it is a real thing. Mm-hmm. You know, people who have disabilities that, you know, when an officer who doesn't understand autism is now looking at that as someone who has a serious issue and I need to take them out the car. And mm-hmm. do, you know, there's so many ways we have to start training and have, mm-hmm. you know, reevaluate a traffic stop. Yeah. And are you trying to work with law enforcement? So I, mm-hmm. I know when you first started you did try to do a partnership mm-hmm. with uh Coatesville yes police yes. department mm-hmm. so are you trying to branch that into other police departments that other yes. type of partnership yep. I know you just talked about Minnesota but yeah. can you talk a little bit more about that yeah we are actually with the Alliance for Safe Traffic Stops one of the things we do which is your nonprofit. yes which is our nonprofit organization in Virginia um we are we partner with law enforcement to do a training so mm-hmm. we train, we go out to communities, and we train uh, community members as well as law enforcement, too, mm-hmm. on the proper procedures of traffic stops. We've actually partnered with NOBLE, the National Organization of Black Law Enforcement something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I think you got it. No, that's that's right, right, yeah. Yeah. National Organization of Black Law Enforcement. <laughs> um, and we partnered with the D.C. chapter, and his name is Tony Dixon. He is amazing. Mm-hmm. So they do a um, a training called Law in Your Community. So mm-hmm. we actually go out with them, and they talk about they can't endorse not reaching. I, I love how these people say they can't endorse not reaching, but we support it. Mm-hmm. Okay, same difference. <laughs> uh, you know, but um, you know, so we're working with law enforcement. Um, we're meeting with Alexandria Police Department in a couple weeks, mm-hmm. and we're trying to bridge that gap. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we like to call not reaching a badge of cooperation mm-hmm. between the community and law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's important that when we do these events that the police officers are right there with us mm. to show that we're all trying to come up with the right solution. Mm. Have you, and I guess kind of what is any, if any, I don't know if we touched on it earlier, pushback you've had about mm-hmm. maybe the name of the pouch mm-hmm. or the need of the pouch? I, get a, I have had a lot of pushback about the name, 
the emblem, mm -hmm. the logo. Yeah, a black man driving a car in a silhouette. You see that, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of know that's what that is. Mm -hmm. I refuse to change it. Mm. Um, Philando's last words were, I wasn't reaching. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that when I created Not Reaching. Mm. Had no clue. It was only when I met Valerie, I printed out the transcript of the traffic stop because transcripts tell everything. Mm -hmm. Please get transcripts for everything. <laughs> and when I printed it out, his last words were, I wasn't reaching. And it just sent chills. I can't change it. Mm -hmm. Can't. Because he's he. this is him. Mm -hmm. That's him. I won't change it. And so what have people said to you that, like, we don't, the reasons why they don't like the name or? Well, they think it's being, you know, it's an antagonizing thing. It's, you know, it's against police officers. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you, you have no idea that it's not. The first person I reached out to was Sergeant Roger Ellis of the Coatesville Police Department mm -hmm. to say, what do you think about this? Mm -hmm. You know, so I, the first person I consulted was a police officer. Mm -hmm. um, but it does look. You know, I know what it looks like. My husband and I, when we first, um, when I first came up with it, he was like, eh, a little radical. Yup, mm -hmm. I wanted to stay that way. I'm not going to change it. I just can't. Just can't. I've, I've thought about it. We call, we thought about calling it the VIP pouch, the vehicle identification pouch. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing that. This is not <laughs> reaching. This is not reaching mm -hmm. all day long. And people are, are remembering that name. Mm -hmm. You know, they're... When I left the sister circle last Wednesday, I get DM'd by Trina Braxton. Mm -hmm. I went home and had this conversation with my son. Thank you for the not reaching pouches. Staying in her mind. Selena Johnson DM'd me on Saturday. Then she put a wonderful post out there. You know, I'm like, this is because it's resonating. It's catchy. I think it sticks in your mind. Um, people remember it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it tells you exactly what um, you need to know about it. And I think that is really what is resonating with people when I hear about this. And I think when people think about it also, I think there needs to be... Because I know, so when I wrote the article, um, and I, you know, I shared it, and, yeah. and some people were like, well, this is only for black people. And I said... You know, I I didn't say, but I saw other people coming to the defense of it being like, you know, no, it's for everybody. It's it's, it's something everyone. that can help anybody and everybody. And I think yeah. I think what kind of the issue is that people are saying like, oh, well, it's it started in the mm -hmm. black community because this has been a problem against yeah, our community. Color, yes. Yeah, people mm -hmm. of color. But I think it still spans beyond the community. I had a lady call me on Thursday and she said, I'm a white woman. Mm -hmm. How can I help? My friends are being targeted. I get a lot of those calls mm -hmm. um, that people of a lighter hue <laughs> um, understand what we're trying to do. Um, and I'm not a rapper. I just mm -hmm. did that. Just why. And my husband says this all the time. For those who give me pushback, it's not for them. Mm -hmm. And he says, just leave it at that. It's just not for you. If you feel the pushback, it's not for you. Mm -hmm. But if I showed you some of the emails I've received, phone calls I've had, you know that this is a big problem. Anytime I get customers or people out there to say, create this pouch, create this pouch, they want everything on a pouch to say, this is the deal when you walk up to my car so you already know. Um, that, that says a lot. I mean, I could go back in my 55 years now and say at least 15 years ago, this was never an issue. Mm. We didn't have problems with traffic stops back then. What happened? What happened in the last 10 years that has created such an upheaval in traffic stops? That's a question we need to continue to ask. And is that something you're trying to, I guess I want to kind of also mm -hmm. switch gears now to your nonprofit, mm -hmm. the Alliance for Safe Traffic Stops. Um, is that something you're trying to combat with the nonprofit? Absolutely. Absolutely. We have to figure out, number one, what has caused this 
this problem with traffic stops and then once we find out the cause then create that ultimate solution mm -hmm. I think there's a few solutions I have a few that I can't tell you because I need to get them patented because mm -hmm. I do have some probably great solutions that I would love to say and I can't <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you off here yes just, um, just whisper it to I'll me later I'll whisper it to you later that because of that, when I'm in a car and when I'm going through certain things, I'm saying, okay, guess what? This is a pretty easy solution that we can really fix. Mm -hmm. Why hasn't this person thought? I'm always thinking, why hasn't this person thought of it? Mm -hmm. Well, it wasn't for them to think about. But we're trying to figure those things out, create those solutions, and then we shouldn't have these issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's some real good solutions out there. I mean, I have a friend um, who's on our board, uh, Leah LaSala. I think she tried to show her demonstration. She's the drone lady. I like to call okay. her the drone lady. <laughs> the drone lady. Um, you know, and she has created a drone that police officers can deploy at a traffic stop and let it go around a car mm -hmm. to determine if there's a weapon. De-escalation, mm -hmm. you know. Um, a nudge Camaretti has created an app called the Orga Organize app, mm -hmm. and he's putting um, traffic, like real-time traffic stops on that app so everybody can see what's going on across the country solutions you know and I think um, TV is geared towards talking about the problem and I think there's more profit in problems than it is solutions mm -hmm. because if you have a problem that you can you know, think about Trump he's the problem right that's all he talk about all day is the problem well, what's the mm -hmm. solution let's talk about getting out to vote let's talk about all these things that we can do to make sure he doesn't get back in office but you see, if you look at TV every day, that all they want to talk about is what he's doing. I don't want to talk about what he's doing. I want to talk about how we're going to get him out. Mm. That's We have to start being geared towards solutions. And you just feel like it, things haven't been solution-oriented. No. Mm -mm. They haven't because this, this, there's profit in problems. Mm. It just is. It's if you have a problem, we can we can talk about this for years and years, and the ratings go up, and the people will give towards this, that, and the other to make people people aware and educate. Awareness and education is not a solution. It's awareness and education. One thing I've learned about this area is there's a center for an alliance for. Mm -hmm. um, there's all these organiz nonprofit organizations. And when I sat down and looked at all of them, they were making people aware or educating, but they weren't really creating a solution. Mm. And you're getting all this money, federal money in to tell people, okay, you have one about um, the Center for Homelessness and Poverty. Well, what are you doing? Well, we're making people aware. You don't have to make me aware. I can go right down the street and see a homeless person. But what are you doing to create a solution to so people aren't homeless? Mm. That, that's the issue. And I think if we now become solution-based, we can stop a lot of things. And the, and the pouches, though, is the first step. It is. And it's not the that. only step. Yeah. You know, it's just a one small solution in the grand scheme. We are going in October to the FBI Academy mm. to show them not reaching, mm. to show the cadets not reaching because they want to show solutions. Mm. That's huge. That is huge. That is. <laughs> I'm going to Quantico. Yeah, I was like, I'm not at the FBI. So. <laughs> We're going to Quantico in October because they want now to talk about solutions. Mm -hmm. That's the mindset. You have to now get people to say, okay, that's enough of the problem. Let's talk about solutions. Mm. So I'm honored to even do that. We are a part of, and I don't know if you've heard of Slam. No. It's a part of something that the American Heart Association does to help entrepreneurs get to a, do a perfect pitch. Mm. They chose not reaching. And um, we will be in this accelerated program in October. We are going to pitch in front of a bunch of investors at the African American Museum. Ooh. Yeah. And the grand prize is $50,000. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. You can make some pouches with fifty thousand dollars. I can make pouches. I can make pouches and a couple other solutions <laughs> that we have. So there are people out there that want to hear what are solutions, what mm -hmm. is working, and um, I get people that contact me all the time and say, "Hey, I had the pouch, I got stopped, and police officers are like totally like it just takes them off their mark mm -hmm. because they're like, oh, you're not reaching.' <laughs> yeah, the goal was to take away that excuse. 
Mm-hmm. That was an excuse that has been used for a while. Mm-hmm. Well, I said, when I walked up to the car, I saw all this movement. Well, you don't see it now, so what's the problem? Or as mm-hmm. my husband says, what the problem is? <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't have a problem, then, you know, mm-hmm. we're pretty good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Valerie has been, like I said, she, she hands out the pouches um, in her areas or wherever she goes. And I just think that it's going to be a solution that's used across the country. So in, so what has been, I guess, the most difficult aspect of starting this, of then starting a nonprofit in mm-hmm. this, what has been the most difficult thing for you? Well, finances is always true, difficult. True, so true. let's just start there because as someone who has no money, um, I, I was just using whatever money I had to make mm-hmm. it work because I knew it wasn't about the money that I would get but it was about making sure a person was safe. I've given away more than I've ever sold. Mm-hmm. I still give them away. I have them in my pocket. Hey, you heard not reaching? You know, I do my elevator pitch. Oh, let me mm-hmm. You know, so that that was the biggest problem. Starting a nonprofit, the biggest problem with a nonprofit is the board. Mm. And a lot of people don't talk about that. Nan Aaron said to me, your biggest problem will be your board. You can't get people together. You know, life is so busy. You're just trying to get meetings. Mm-hmm. You know, we're trying to get this paperwork done. We're just trying to set stuff up. I can't get everybody in the same room. <laughs> um, Skype can become your friend. <laughs> well, we did. We our yeah. first meeting was that, and it's still, you know, you need sometimes you need to really sit down at a table and look people in mm-hmm. their eyes and get things done. So we're actually doing having a meeting in, in September. But I think when you you have to have a board that's just as passionate as you. Mm-hmm. I do. That's my song. My song. <laughs> um, I do believe they're passionate. I just believe they're busy. Etan mm-hmm. uh, Thomas is on our board. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on his show on Thursday. Uh, finally. <laughs> so it's like, hey, you moving on your show? Um, he's busy. He's an activist. He's a father. He's, you know, he has a lot of engagements. But trying to get him to understand, you should be putting me in some of your stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's that's the hardest part. I, you know, once we get rolling, it, we're going to be rolling. I really do believe that. We have a great nonprofit attorney on our board. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so she's helping us, you know, formulate a lot of things. That's it. I mean, they all believe in it, but will you go the next level? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and that that's an issue. That's an issue. And what does the next level look like for you? The next level for Alliance is to be going across the country doing our training. Mm-hmm. Not, not just in one area, everywhere. You know, every part of this country from the cracks and the crevices. <laughs> um, that's, that's the overall goal right now and then we need to sit down and formulate some of our goals but for me um, especially for teen drivers I have a I have a nephew great nephew who has autism and he mm. just got his license and I've gr- I grill him on what are you gonna do what about this what mm-hmm. about that and you know you have to continue to reinforce I really want to work with the autistic community mm. because now I see a need because mm-hmm. it has to be reinforced all the time you know, and, you know, he has his not reaching pouch and, you know, do you understand, you know, you got to remember, you got to do this, you got to do that. So I did a uh, podcast with Autism Live mm. uh, about two weeks ago and they were thrilled. Like, you thought about the autistic community? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, so working with some of the, my next one, I want to work with NAGA the National African American Gun Association mm, because mm. people don't know that they're a force to be reckoned with too. Mm-hmm. They're they're the black version of the NRA. They just don't have the strength yet. Mm. So I want to work with them so people understand what they're doing and understand our firearms pals. So mm-hmm. everyone will be strategic, our partnerships. Mm-hmm. So, yep, that's what we're doing. That's a lot that's, of work. I mean, hey. I'm tired. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> <I'm so tired. laughs> Do you feel like I guess I guess I feel like in the in the law enforce law enforcement community mm-hmm. it is very male dominated. Yep. Mm-hmm. Do you feel pushback from that being a woman? You know, none at all. Mm. None. I just get pushback because they, it's still foreign to them. Mm. You know, what are you really trying to do? Are you really our friend or our foe? That's is that, it. that that question as to whether like you think we can't do our job? 
kind yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we're not sure, or they're just not sure why we have not reaching because it seems like it's anti-police. Mm. And getting that mindset out of there, because I have to be honest, there's my marketing is specific but general at the same time. It's a, you know it's for people of color and young black males, but mm-hmm. it's also for teen drivers, autistic drivers, deaf drivers. So it's it's moved out, and I think the more it moves out, the more police officers will understand that it's not just geared towards people of color. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think trying to change, you know, law enforcement is an organization that's hard to change their mindset. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're so we're law enforcement, you're the community, you know, mm-hmm. and not understanding that if you guys come together, we work together. That's what I love about Coastville Police Department and mm-hmm. Sergeant Alice. He is the ultimate police officer who understands um, co- the community and the partnership. He understands community policing, and it's, it's a wonderful model. And even replicating that model is very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just to kind of move up Mm -hmm. as to where we are now, um, can we just talk about some of the success that you've seen with not reaching? Uh, Well, the biggest success I had was with you. (laughs) No. Yes, and no, you know what? I will never not mention the great things that have happened to us. I mean, honestly, the, the night I read that article, which was April, 30th because May 1st we were going to shark pitch to shark tank mm-hmm. and I read that article I was in tears no oh in gosh you're so tears. sweet <laughs> and I felt bad because I had badgered you for months like where's this article where is it can I get it you know I mean rightfully so you want time your article the, time is of the essence <laughs> and the alignment of those stars for your article and the pitch to shark tank took us to places we weren't even ready for. Mm -hmm. We actually did not even have enough inventory. I would look at my phone and orders were coming in like this. I never saw anything like it. It was for almost a week, nonstop. And when we came back from pitching the Shark Tank, my husband and I were like, well, you had to roll up our sleeves. I mean, you should have seen, you think it's nice in here now? We had pouches over here. We had the computer here. I'm printing out shipping labels. And we had to actually contact our, our customers and say, can you give us another week? Because we had to order. Mm. We didn't have enough. We just didn't. And that was a learning experience. We have a great inventory now, mm-hmm. so please buy. Um, <laughs> but you know that was that that article then took us to CNN, who did it did it, um, a TV interview with us. Mm-hmm. Then it took us to Blavity. It took us to Bossip. It took us to Essence. Essence did an article. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how just you know overwhelming that was for us in a great way you did that oh no no, you did that i wish i had an award for you (laughs) i don't have one but you did that and something in that article just resonated with people it did it just i'm i I couldn't i couldn't believe i couldn't keep up yeah i couldn't keep up and me and my husband did 600 orders by ourselves in this little apartment (laughs) We were carrying out bags every day, like to the post office. I mean, I I I like to think what resonated with people was was you. And I, don't and, think and, so. I, I like to and, think what resonated with people was your great writing. Um, and you know, it just it covered everything, and we that's what we wanted. And 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 it's all next to you. Our interview was Sister Circle. They're mm-hmm. the two ones right now that I will always hold up as the best PR for Thank us, you. Honestly. Thank and, you. You know, those women sat there, and I was scared to death, but I also wasn't. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, they felt, it felt like home. And my husband has said for the last few months, we need to get on somebody's couch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. We need to get on somebody's couch, especially Fox 5, who won't let us on the couch. Um, We need to get on somebody's couch. And I finally sat on someone's couch. And it wasn't the interview, per se, that overwhelmed me. It was what was happening afterwards. 
Mm. These women started telling me their stories about their young men mm-hmm. and how they wanted them to be safe and how they they were so appreciative of us coming up with something to save their kids. That's what I'm hearing. People are like, you really care about our kids. Mm-hmm. I do. I care about everybody's. I want everyone to not have a bad experience during traffic stops. Think about it. For most people, that's your first introduction to law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Should be a pretty good one, don't you think? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so why, why not do what we can to show we're cooperating with you and you're cooperating with us? So I hold those two up. I only watched Sister Circle the one time, and my husband had it on yesterday, and I was like, I don't want to watch this. I don't <laughs> like to watch it on any of that. And he was like, you did an amazing job. So, you know, those two, your article and that interview has placed not reaching really in the forefront. I'm sorry. I mean, I've always been told to say it like it is, call it like it is, um, and it will never be forgotten. One of the things you can never do, and then I always tell people, oh, you better follow her. (laughs) I'm telling you right now, she bad. She bad. She bad. She going to do it. I yeah. hope to write more articles that that touch people in a way yeah. it's touched you and your husband. It, it's and been it's an amazing. You have such a gift, and it's only going to flourish. You know, you. and I'm not saying this because you're interviewing me. I say this to I tell everybody. You better you better follow her. You better Google her because she's 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 a force to be reckoned with. I've never seen an article like that. Um, I'm telling you, we were. I would wake up in the middle of the night just to turn my phone on and see all these order orders coming. It's like it wasn't about Shark Tank because mm-hmm. we didn't make it. You mm-hmm. know, it had nothing to do with Shark Tank. It had to do with one person saw your article, then they wanted to be a part of that article. You saw all the um, accolades you got. Come on. <laughs> People were like, "Yo, this article came from this article." The funny part, though, was we got so much press, but no one ever called us. Mm. That was that was probably the disheartening thing. Essence never called us, um, which would have been great. Uh, they took your article and used it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that's how it worked. Yes, that oh, is. Okay, I don't like that. <laughs> yes, oh, that is that is definitely how it works. Yeah, that's but you won't talk to the person that did it. Not when they have you know when you can get good bites and yeah. just and then Google. <laughs> yeah, so there no one needs the person anymore. That's the sad part. So when Sister Circle said yes to the interview, that was like, this is great. Somebody really wants to hear from us now. Mm-hmm. So it was you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Leave me out here tearing up. <laughs> That's not cool. Uh, <laughs> cool. We're human beings. We're human. We're human. I'm supposed to be a good journalist and not get emotional. Yeah, well, I think a good journalist, <laughs> journalist should have emotions. And because you write from your emotions. You don't just write from the intellect. You write from the heart. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the last question that I ask everybody, um, how do you define being a woman and womanhood? Difficult. True. It's difficult. It's It's... It's classism. Uh, For me, and that's probably the question that angers me. Mm. Because I've worked hard all my life. I've always followed the rules. Um, Pay my bills best I can. Um, Girl, You know, you said go back to school. I did. I excelled. I did everything I could and I still can't get a footing. Mm-hmm. And now, because I'm 55, you look at my age and my skin and my gender and you hold it all against me. I, nothing angers me more. Mm. And I wouldn't change being a woman. I think we have so much power and influence because if you look at the biblical model, we are the influence. Mm-hmm. We are the power. Um, but in society, a black woman in her 50s is no longer needed. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame because we have so much to offer. Um, yeah, it does. It angers me. It angers, that, angers me that as a woman who has, has done everything she was supposed to do, you won't let me get to that next level. Mm-hmm. You won't let me on the same playing field. 
it's not fair. Mm-hmm. It's not fair. So we have to work harder. We have to be smarter. Uh, we have to reinvent ourselves all the time. And it's exhausting. You know, I have to, you know, okay, now I'm going to do this. How am I going to do that? Because you've put me over here, and I'm, I, should be, I should have a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. I want a seat at the table. I'm demanding a seat at the table. Mm. And for, for a man, they don't have to demand it. It's there. For a woman, we have to demand it. We have to kick the door in, you know. Mm. And then we're, we're then we're perceived as something else, you know. So because we have to be strong, you know, our strength is our weakness. Mm. Always remember that. I used to say that to my husband. I was too strong at one point, and didn't allow him to be the strength. And what people didn't realize is I actually wanted to put my head on a shoulder and cry sometimes, mm-hmm. but I couldn't. Because I had to show I was that tough, you know, especially as a church administrator. You can't see anything. Mm-hmm. You got to see how tough I am. And there were days I was crying on the inside. Um, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to be a woman who can show her emotion and cry if she feels like it. And, you know, be angry if I feel like it and be happy when I feel like it. Um, but I still want to be that one where you look at me one day. I always had a vision in my head that I would see myself on a cover of a major magazine. I never even told my husband this. <laughs> For years, I have always envisioned that someone would look at what I did and put me on Time magazine or, you know, something like that. And I have my hands folded, and I'm sitting there like, a movie like Jennifer Lopez and Made in Manhattan. And she's there. <laughs> I know, it's one of my favorite movies. It's so corny. And, you know, she's that bad boss sitting mm-hmm. there. That's what I envision. I want to be that. I, I want that to happen for me because... That will say that people understand that I've worked hard and you recognize it. That's it. Oh, Jackie, what a gem. <laughs> I mean, you are truly a force to be reckoned with. I don't, I, and I, it's so funny, I don't even feel like it. Oh my gosh. Listen, listen, people. Jackie Carter <laughs> is a force to be reckoned with. I appreciate that. Um, and before we close out, is there anything you want to promote? I do. I want to say that please go to notreaching.com, notreaching.com. You can find all the pouches. We have T-shirts as well. And everything on my social media is not reaching. And also go to the Alliance for Safe Traffic Stops, which is www.theasts.org, theasts.org, to learn more about our training, education, and solutions. And thank you very much. Thank you so, so much, Jackie. I'm going to link all that in the show notes. Thank you. um, So people can just click and get right to it. Um, And look out for this lady. I'm telling you. (laughs) I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen. I'm trying trying to be out here. Uh, (laughs) As we all are. Slowly but surely. Um, And I also want to give a big shout out to my husband Wayne because I could not do any of this without his support um, we ser- just celebrated our 30th wedding anniversary Yay. in May which is major you it's know, huge major. yes and he has you know what I can't do he does you know if where I'm weak he's strong where he's strong I'm weak you know we just it's just a great partnership and I just love this man I'll start crying when I start talking about don't him don't cry just Take oh emotions. my god this man this is everything to me and um just very grateful for him yeah that's so oh, lovely god. that's what made me cry wow <laughs> good gracious Wayne on you. <laughs> not even in the room he's not even in the room <laughs> this man he's just amazing he's had such a you know difficult life and he's just great you know and it is if you can find a partner for your life you can find a witness susan sarandon said in shall we dance Mm -hmm. marriage is having a witness to your life Mm. and that's what he he if nobody else knows jackie carter he does and nobody else knows wayne i know him that's so beautiful that's so beautiful i want a witness oh shoot Jackie, like I said, I knew from the beginning, I told you, I said it was going to be a blessing, and I was right. I knew from the beginning. Um, thank you for sitting down and talking oh, to me for an hour. Oh, it is my then. pleasure. This I'd talk great. to you all day if you wanted to. <laughs> um, 
Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Um, if you'd like to follow the show, um, please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at PrettyFaceLady3. And you can find us on Facebook at More Than a Pretty Face. Um, and if you'd like to email the show, want to be on the show, know someone who can be on the show, you want to sponsor the show because looking to sell out, um, please email at PrettyFaceWomen at MTAPFPodcast.com. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.